Setare, I wanted us to take a deeper dive into what we had started in episodes 46 and 47, dealing with wind, dealing with movement and the sinews, dealing with the underlying principles of movement, which are yin and yang. Which are the underlying principles of all things in life. And often concepts that are pretty misunderstood because we think always of yin and yang as being just opposites. You know, the sun is yang, the moon is yin. We have, you know, hot climates and cold climates, these opposing elements. But there's so much more involved in yin and yang. And we'll get into that theory in just a little bit. But it's really important to understand this theory as a foundation for how you move your body when you exercise, but also how you move your body through life. And metaphorically, how you move through your life, how you navigate your life in general. Welcome to the Natural Healing Podcast, the show designed to guide, inspire, and empower you to elevate your health so you can achieve your goals and dreams. We are your hosts, Dr. Satara Moafi and Salvador Cephalou, a husband and wife team of acupuncturists and owners of a Center for Natural Healing, an integrative wellness clinic based in the heart of Silicon Valley. We're here to make the ancient wisdom of healing practical and accessible for your modern lifestyle. I think it's important that we make this practical because uh, honestly, in my experience, most of the time when I ask people like if they have an understanding of yin and yang, I mean, a lot of patients have had acupuncture. uh, And when I pose that question to them, they really don't. They really don't know how does that really apply on a you know physiological or a theoretical level, so uh, hopefully we could you know shed some light on that and and make it practical. That's the whole idea. You know, walking qigong, it's really about qigong in life. Yes, you know, and so we should really start with with really describing that foundation of yin and yang and what it looks like in nature. And you made reference to yin and yang and the moon and the sun. Yin, the moon being yin, the most yin, you could say, and the sun being a very yang element. So let's also talk about it in terms of hot and cold. So extreme yin is going to be something that's extremely cold. So you could think of, in, of that in terms of ice. So there's very little yang, there's very little movement within ice, but there is molecular movement. And so there's very little yang. And then as you add the yang and you bring warmth to the ice, then it starts to melt. And now that water begins to have more movement. So this is really just kind of a fundamental image of the interplay of yin and yang and how they, there's never an absolute one or the other. They're really interdependent and working together. 
And also they have an important relationship because one transforms into the other and also too much of one can deplete the other. So if you have excessive yang, so let's say, for example, you're doing a lot of exercise that's very, you know, high cardiovascular, a lot of movement, very aerobic, you're going to be expending a lot of your yang energy. That over time, if you're doing too much of it, is going to deplete the yin, the fluid aspect of the body. So we always say that if you're doing exercise that involves a lot of sweating, you're actually leaking the chi and the fluids. You're depleting that essence instead of building chi back, which is really the goal of exercise. Yeah, and I like to think about it as like the yin is the fuel for the yang. And that's why I, I like to use the image also like when people are doing a lot of vigorous exercise late at night, this is a time of becoming more yin. So when you're more, when you're too young during a yin time of day, when it gets dark, then we say you're burning those midnight oil. So like the, the yin is like the fuel, just like in a lamp, you're burning out the fuel of your life source energy. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's also important to relate that to the seasons as well. You know, people think that they have to maintain the same level of activity, the same level of energy all year long. And that's completely untrue because we have to move through our lives according to the changes in our lives and according to the seasons of our lives. So if you're going, even if it's, you know, summertime, but you're going through a time in your life where there's a lot of energy that's depleting you, where you're going through a lot of stress you don't want to add to the stress by doing even more physical exertion or even more, you know, activity that's going to deplete more of your resources. And at the same time, you know, something that's easier to understand is like during the winter, we want to be a little bit more yin because that's a more yin season. So you take that time to nourish your energy back, not exert it so much. Because if you do too much yang activity during the yin seasons, you're actually going to find that when once the yang seasons come around, you're not going to have the energy that you normally would at those times. You know, when I have this discussion, I often think of a, our teacher, our Dr. Yuan's teacher when he was a young student, and his teacher was a, a master herbalist. He was a herbalist. He was a eunuch, actually, and he was uh, the herbal specialist for the last emperor of China. This man was very interesting. Uh, Jeffrey was saying that during the winter, he would essentially hibernate. He'd have people bring him meals. He wouldn't leave his, his home. And then in the summertime, he hardly slept at all. So he was just extremely active during the most young time of season and extremely inactive <laughs> during the winter and the yin time of year. And we realized that in the modern society, this isn't very feasible for most people. If it is feasible for you, then by all means. <laughs> <laughs> Try to cultivate that. Yeah. But if it's not, like for most people, what you want to do is at least attune yourself to the particular season and also adjust your lifestyle to live in that fashion so that you can harmonize the yin and yang more in your life. And perhaps this is what gave him his longevity because he was over a hundred when he decided to move back to China. So uh, very fascinating lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, it's not to say that anything will guarantee longevity, but that's all what we're working toward is to improve the quality of our lives first and foremost, 
and then hopefully be able to live on this planet for as many years as possible with that quality of life. So harmonizing yin and yang and balancing these different aspects internally in your body is going to ensure that there's a greater possibility for you to have that longevity. I always think of longevity in terms of quality and not quantity. Mm -hmm. It's like how comfortable are you during the, the years you're alive? That's an important thing. And you need yin to be comfortable and you need yang to be active. So in terms of, of movement, there's a, a theoretical model that we've discussed and uh, this idea of yin and yang and how it travels up the spine, the yang chi as it burns, the jing, our source energy, and then it's released up the spine. And as it's released up the spine, it's, it's extending and activating these sinews and like we say, the, the, the sinew of going out into the world and extending ourselves, being like the bladder meridian, our, our most superficial, you know, energetic pathway is to make us the most, you know, exteriorized, where you're just like, you're able to, to run and jump. But now I wanted to break it down because in order to activate that extreme yang, in fact, the bladder meridian is considered tai yang, the great yang meridian that you need to gather your yin first. And so that's why before you release the fire pathway, you need to actually gather water. And the fire pathway would run more on the posterior, on the back side of the body. And the water pathway is more on what we call the yin side of the body, the front of the body. And the bladder meridian, just to clarify, runs primarily along the back of your body. So it's the longest meridian. The primary meridian has the most number of points of all of the meridians in the body. And it's considered Tai Yang. So it's this great Yang. It has this expression. It's what allows us to put ourselves out into the world and be active. And while that serves us, it's also important to temper that Yang so that it doesn't burn out our yin. So you want to make sure that you balance the fire and water pathways to harmonize yin and yang. And so as we think about creating balance when we're being active and activating this tai yang, this great yang meridian of the bladder, I suggest that you know our audience you know looks this up online. They can look up the urinary bladder meridian. You could even look up urinary bladder sinew. And you might get an image online of uh, what that looks like. So the sinews are basically activating the muscles and the tendons. So they're the most superficial of all the meridian systems. And it's one of the five energetic systems involved in classical Chinese medicine, or you could say specifically with, uh, with acupuncture. It's one of the models that you're going to use when you're, you're trying to help a person become more functional with their musculoskeletal system, especially their, their movement. Uh, the, the five systems, just to help clarify, uh, this one is the superficial qi level. They call it the wei qi level, W-E-I. You have one that's called the, the low vessels, and that's going to deal with the blood. The blood system in Chinese medicine, we call it ying qi, Y-I-N-G-Q-I. Then you have the primary meridians. And so this is the system that runs internally. It's going to be supporting the organ systems. The primary meridian system is what standard Chinese acupuncture is based on. They call it traditional Chinese medicine. That's based on the primary meridians. 
because it's going to access the most superficial sinew level and it's going to help you access the deeper constitutional level. But it's not going to access it the way another system is going to because that's going to go right into the bone level. That's called the divergent meridians. And then the constitutional level, which has to do with really the blueprint, the origination of all these meridian, these circuits of the body, that's going. That's called the eight extraordinary meridian system. And so that's a system that uh, is the blueprint to create the, the, the Du and the Ren, the, the sea of Yang Chi, the sea of Yin Chi, this, this fire and water path that we're talking about. That comes from the constitutional level in this meridian that we've talked about in the past episode, the Chong Mai. And Chong spelled C-H-O-N-G. And then the, the pathology that can develop from at that level, the constitution is addressed through the eight extra meridians as well. So those are the five systems of uh, classical Chinese acupuncture. Now, in terms of movement, like I was saying, you want to think about sinews. So like if a person has an injury, you're really going to be working with uh, the sinew level. Uh, and when you're dealing with exercise and movement, you're dealing with this with the sinew level. And that's what I wanted us to get a clear understanding because it could really help us when we are talking about uh, how to move more efficiently. And when we're talking about movement, we have to understand it as a progression through life. So when we're born, we're really little like balls of yin. We depend fully on our parents, our mothers in particular, to take care of us and to be able to move us around. And this really changes once the fire pathway is activated, when we start to begin at around a month old to be able to lift our heads. This is when the spine starts to want to become more upright as we activate that yang chi through the back of our bodies. Eventually, we're able to crawl and then sit up. And then once we actually are able to walk and prop ourselves upright, this is the full activation of the pathway, the fire pathway along the back body, but also of the leg sinew meridians, the yang meridians in the legs. Now, there's an important relationship between the yin and yang, as we've mentioned. So when you're wanting to activate the yang aspect of the body, it also has to be supported by the yin. So we're going to talk a little bit about the yin leg sinew meridians, which are going to be the ones that run along the inner sides of your legs, the spleen, the liver, and the kidneys. And it's important to understand that these three organ systems, these three meridians, run not just along the inner part of the body, but they also help to consolidate and ascend energy in the body. So the first one, the spleen, helps to send energy upwards. And at the same time, it's the main system in our bodies, according to Chinese medicine, that helps us to consolidate energies. Now, the other two yin meridians that run along the inner part of the lower legs and the thighs are the kidneys and the liver meridians. And the kidney is ascending energy. It's drawing from this point at the sole of the foot called the bubbling spring and that point's drawing water this yin energy from the earth it's ascending it up into the kidney aspect of our body which is in the lower part of the abdomen 
and the liver is part of the wood element and the the wood element ascends as well so the liver is ascending energy and the liver is ascending blood and and it's one of the meridians that ascends blood into the brain so it's interesting because the the spleen has this consolidating factor or action to bank the blood to hold the blood so we're not bruising we're not leaking blood but it also within the blood we say is the shen so it's this consciousness so we say in chinese medicine the spleen as the spleen banks the blood it's associated with long-term memory and then as the the liver is storing blood it's associated with short-term memory so that's a kind of an interesting aspect in terms of brain function so when we're doing the qigong and we're working with this water path we are it's almost like you're gripping your feet with your inhale. So you're pushing your big toe. And the big toe is the point that has the termination points of the liver and the spleen on the big toe. And then right below that, in the behind the ball of the foot, is this kidney bubbling spring point. So when you're, when you're grasping gently the earth, you can see how you're activating this, these yin meridians to draw this energy up into the... Uh, domain of the lower burner in the lower part of the abdomen. And that's how what we call helping to consolidate a kidney chi or the water energy. And you want to be mindful that you're not gripping the floor with your toes because that actually causes the chi to stagnate. What you want to do is almost just imagine that you're drawing energy through those areas in your foot. So in the the big toe underneath the ball of your foot, just pulling energy through those regions and ascending that energy through the yin line, through the inner parts of your legs up into the kidneys. And so when we talk about movement and say running, so like this expression of yang chi, what we're getting at is the first thing you got to do is with your inhale, you're accumulating yin chi. You're accumulating the water so you could then combust it into yang chi and you become light and you could run fast. Balancing your yin and yang energies can shift mental, physical, and emotional patterns that would otherwise lead to accelerated aging, illness, and disease. The microcosmic and macrocosmic orbit meditations help circulate energy through the primary source channels of yin and yang known as the Du and Ren meridians, to bring greater clarity and vitality throughout your life. For a limited time, you can purchase my one-of-a-kind guided introduction to both of these Taoist meditations for just $36. Visit our online store at acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash shop to begin your transformation through the microcosmic and macrocosmic orbit meditations. That's a center for naturalhealing.com forward slash shop. So the idea is to draw energy up along the water pathway and then be able to exert that energy, that yang chi through the fire pathway. When you're inhaling, there's really a couple of aspects because you are inhaling from the ground. So you're imagine drawing this energy from the earth. But then you're obviously you're, you're drawing in through your, your nose. So you're, we're saying you're getting energy from heaven as well. So this is the lungs as it's drawing energy into 
the lungs, and then those lung that lung she descends into the kidneys as well. So this is a, a communication of the upper burner and the lower burner, and you're establishing this consolidation of water. Now, when you when you have your exhale, when you when you start to breathe out. So now you've drawn all this energy into the front. Now you're going to release that energy up your spine with your exhale. And as you release it up your spine, so you imagine it could go all the way up to the top of your head, it's also going out your limbs. So it's also going down because it's going down the the backs of your legs and the outer portion of your your feet. And that's where the, the bladder sinew extends out to. And that's going to relax as you're breathing out. So you're, as you inhale, you're contracting the inner part. As you breathe out, you're relaxing the outer part with your extension of your arms and your legs. So the energy is going up the spine with your exhale. And also it's going out your limbs with your exhale and your extension out into the world. So imagine that you're kind of zipping up the energy along the inner part of your body as you inhale. And then you're expressing it out through the limbs and through the back body with your exhale. Now, this is really interesting to experiment with and to use when you're climbing in in the hills. So when you're climbing and you're going up a hill, you need the power of the fire path to climb that hill. So you're basically drawing the the water, the front path of the Ren Meridian, R-E-N, You're drawing that down into your lower belly, lower abdomen, even down to the base of your pelvic floor. And then with your exhale, you're allowing the energy to release up your back. So it's down the front, up the back is the the loop direction of the drawing the water, releasing the fire. Okay, that's the fire path. As you release the fire up your spine, it's also going out the back of your sinews. And so you are basically relaxing as you release the energy. You're relaxing your lumbar, your hips, your feet. So as you're drawing in, you're, you're arching your feet. So you're creating this pressure up the inner thighs. As you're releasing, you're, you're relaxing your foot. If you're running, your heel could hit. But when you're drawing in, as you're inhaling, you literally could be just like drawing in on your tiptoes. And you could even do this like on a, on a bouncer where you're just like inhale, inhale, you're on your toes and then relax and you're on your, letting your feet just kind of relax and spread out. So you could go very slowly on a bouncer or even just on the pavement. You don't have to actually be going up a hill. Now, this is really powerful when you're going up a hill because you need the power of the fire. So, you, so you're drawing in with your inner breath into the front of your body and then you're releasing with the outer breath and you're relaxing the back of the body, and that's going to make you lighter as you go up the hill. It's just the opposite when you're going down, because if you're releasing like this when you're going down, you could lose your balance, you get going, it's just like all of a sudden you're just like flying. So that's not good. You want to put the brakes on when you're going down. That's the front sinews. You need to exhale through the front. So when you're going downhill, you're drawing the opposite, you're drawing the fire meridian, the fire path down into the kidneys. So think about your lumbar area, you're drawing the energy down into your lumbar. And then you release the water with your exhale, so that 
energy that gets accumulated at the, let's say, the pelvic floor in this lower burner, this lower part of the body, all of a sudden is going to be able to be able to release and rush up the water path, which goes all the way up into the face. So this energy is looping now from the back down to the front up. And as it goes up the front, the energy has to go out the sinews of your arms and legs. And it's going out the front, the yin part of your arms and legs. So it's like the tops of your thighs, that energy is rushing into the tops of your feet. That's This is the stomach meridian. And the stomach meridian helps you put the brakes on. So as you're breathing out, you're actually uh, slowing down. So you're not, so you have more control as you're, you're going downhill, whether you're walking or if you're jogging down the hill, you're going to do the water path. You're going, you're becoming yin, you're going down. So you're going to work with the water path. So since it's more common that we're going to think about using the fire path as we're extending ourselves out in the world, I think we should do one more example where we're working with the water path. And that would be when you're going into a sitting position. So when you're drawing your energy in, but you're still moving is when you're on a bicycle. So when you're on a bicycle, think about using the water path. So as you're riding the bicycle and you're inhaling, you're drawing the fire path down into your lumbar region, the lower back. And then as you're exhaling, the water path releases. So it goes up the front. You can imagine it just going all the way up into your face. So down your back, inhale, up the front, exhale. Now with the exhale, as that energy is, as you're imagining it going up the front, and it's, remember, it's, or imagine it's bringing nourishment all into your face, you know, into your brain. But it's also going to be exploding out your sinews, but this is going to be on the front aspect, the, the yin aspect of the body. So the top of your quadriceps, the front aspect of your lower legs, all the way into the, the, the top of your feet. So that, that dorsal aspect of the foot is going to be charged with energy and allow you to push into the pedals. So with your exhale, you're going to get that power. With your inhale, you're going to draw the power down with your exhale, you're releasing the power as you're pushing through the front aspect of the sinews. Now, the thing I think that's most powerful about doing exercise and movement in this way is, first of all, it brings a lot of intention into whatever you're doing in the moment, which is always important for deeper cultivation. But also what it does is it makes you understand how the awareness that you put into everything that you do can actually create energy or chi. So you're using your mind to activate your body. And so it just gives you the sense of empowerment around using your, the ability of your mind to propel yourself, not just in the exercises you do, but also in how you express yourself in the world, how you move through the world, and how you feel and experience your daily life. It definitely helps you become embodied and empowered. You feel the charge of energy in a way that you, you just haven't felt before. Mm -hmm. It's like you're controlling it almost like a switch. Exactly. And if you want to learn more about if you really want to cultivate these water and fire pathways, 
working with the front of the body, the back of the body, and learning how you can do deeper cultivation of energy and chi, you can work with the microcosmic and macrocosmic orbit meditations. And those are available on our website, on our online store at acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash shop. And for a limited time, there are more than 50% off. It's a really powerful way to learn how to harmonize yin and yang, understand this concept of the fire path, the water path, how chi moves up the front and back of your body, and then learn to control that chi, but also help it circulate throughout your entire body. This is going to help you feel more alive physically, but it's also going to help you get clarity of mind so that you can fulfill and live out your life purpose. And I know some people are going to think, well, I'm not a visual person. I have a hard time imagining these things. And, and I am as well. And that's why you practice it. Exactly. Yeah. You're exceptional at it. It comes very easy to you. I have to work at it. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And the guidance that you're going to get in these audio recordings will help you walk through the visualizations. And as you practice it more and more with the guided you know, visualization, then it becomes more embedded in you. You start to learn it more. And like you said, like all things, some of us are born being able to do certain things and some of us have to cultivate those abilities. We all have, you know, our strengths and weaknesses, but whatever our weaknesses are, it's important to work on them to enhance those aspects in our lives. The the ideas that we're sharing with you today Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to find them online, most likely, or on YouTube, for example. Uh, These are ideas that we've come up with in our work with the senior meridians, in our work as uh, Qigong practitioners and and instructors, uh, Setar with their yoga, years of, of teaching and integrating the theory of, of Chinese medicine and the principles of yin and yang in the flow of qi. And our hope for you is that you start to make movement your medicine. And so as we provide you with more of these tools here on the podcast, with what's available on our websites, you'll start to feel more embodied and more empowered to use your body to change your life. And eventually, our hope is to bring back to revitalize the yin yoga integration online course as an online course, because we used to teach it live before the pandemic, so that you have even greater tools through that program that you can integrate into your daily life. And I know uh, now uh, Satara was saying we have a pretty extensive international audience. Uh, I think she said we're reaching 75 countries, which is exciting. And hopefully in the near future, we will start doing some international retreats and some of you folks out there will be able to join us for some of these uh, personal experiences. Now, the best way to keep posted on all of our developments and the programs that are coming out for you in the very near future is to join our online international community at a acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. And when you sign up for the email list, we're also going to send you a five-step guide that's going to help to revitalize your mind and body. So if you haven't already taken advantage of that, we suggest that you visit that site right now and make sure that you stay integrated. We send an email once a week and share insights that we only share with our email subscribers. Now we realize that the insights that we shared with you in this particular episode can feel a little bit overwhelming at first, but remember the best way to integrate these insights into your life 
is to listen again and again. It's that repetition and that consistency that will help make this more integrated for you. So don't feel overwhelmed. Don't do that. Don't get overwhelmed. Just go back and listen again. Know that we're always here as a resource for you to support you and know that with practice, you will be able to find that progress that you're looking for. So thank you so much for listening once again to the Natural Healing Podcast. We certainly look forward to next time together. And don't forget to practice. Bye. Bye. Hey, if you haven't already done so, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This ensures that we can share this invaluable information with more listeners just like you.